You're tuning in to Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. I'm Ant-Man. My name is Alyssa, and we are... Spectre Radio. My days of breaking into places and stealing shit are over. What do you need me to do? Spoiler alert, I wanted to break into a place and steal some shit. Makes sense. Thank you, Scott Lang and Hank Pym, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? By knowing I. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become a hero? Now, the suit has power. You have to learn how to control it. And these are your greatest allies. You're kind of cute. Whoa. When you're small, you have superhuman strength. You like a bullet. So you need to know how to punch. You want to show me how to punch? Show me how to punch. That's how you punch. We're the good guys, right? Yeah, we're the good guys, and we're called Spectre Radio. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I guess that that was it. That was the fanfare. That's all you get. That's all we get from this movie. Maybe we'll have some special effects in later. Please hook it up, Wyatt. I'm excited. I definitely enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed rewatching and. My dad thinks he's Hank Pym. I, I know Wyatt was just talking about how he went to the barber and didn't like the result. But um, <laughs> my dad, one of the last times he was here in Florida before he went on his vacation this summer, um, was getting ready for my friend's wedding. And he literally brought a picture of Michael Douglas as Hank Pym to the barber and was like, can you do that to my beard? Really? <laughs> yeah. And he literally got the Hank Pym treatment. And then at the whole wedding, he told everyone, I'm Hank Pym. So reminds me of Iron Man three when uh, Iron Man <laughs> met that guy and he's like, I don't know if you can tell, but I, my whole image is based on you. And he was like, oh, my God. Yes. Yes. We need to see if that with your dad and Michael Douglas. Your dad gives me more of the uh, the Colonel vibes. Oh, like, yeah. Colonel, well, as in I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah. My dad actually said that as a joke, too, or somebody said that to him. But um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen him with the beard. It definitely looks no, very Hank Pym. Yeah, Every especially when him, he grows it out. Yeah, he's you know he's retired now, so he doesn't have to shave. And I saw a picture of him that yeah, you showed me. He doesn't also, have like a super thick beard, but he definitely can like grow it out. So he's I'll also halfway can... across the country for six months away from your mom, so he can definitely do it. <laughs> right. Well, my mom's coming to see him in a couple of weeks, and so um, he actually went to the barber up north in Minnesota just you know a couple of days ago, and um, they he told them you know hey I need you to give me a haircut that's gonna last for like three weeks until my wife gets here. So the guy <laughs> cut it super short. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get things on the road now that we're done talking about my dad's facial hair with the movie recap. <laughs> we make Andrew, come back to that. <laughs> Andrew, take it away. Ant Man. 
Forced out of his own company by former protege, Darren Cross, Dr. Hank Pym recruits Scott Lang, a master Robin Hood-like thief just released from prison. Lang becomes the Ant-Man, trained by Pym himself. Armed with a suit that allows him to shrink in size, possess superhuman strength, and control an army of ants. Scott is trying to stay on the straight and narrow to be in his daughter Cassie's life. With his ex-wife's new boyfriend being the police officer that's hunting him, things are more difficult than ever for Scott. To make matters worse, Hank's daughter Hope is against having Scott on the team to begin with. But when Cross makes his own similar tech to Hank's and is planning on selling it to Hydra, the three must put their differences aside to save the world. And Hank and Hope must learn to trust even more as Scott looks to recruit his three friends, who are less than model citizens, to help their mission. Can Scott and the team plan this heist and steal the tech in time? Or will Hydra once again rise? That pesky Hydra. I mean, how many times can we do to be beat a dead horse? Well, I uh, cut off one head. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Behind the Pim Particle. Um, there wasn't much on the interwebs for mm. for this movie. Um, I kept getting um, redirected to like the Ant Man comic books, or like Ant Man Two. There's a lot yes. about Ant Man Two on yeah. here, so stay tuned for that too. pod, guys. Yeah. Um, so the couple that I have, so the Quantum Tunnel is the largest physical set ever built for the MCU movie. That was wow. actually in Ant Man Two. Was that? that? That wasn't in this movie. Where is this? <laughs> that was from Ant-Man 2. And the reason I know is because I read that. And I was like, oh, man, that'll be a good one. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Like, I don't remember a quantum tone in this movie, but no, I didn't remember, pay that much attention. Like, he doesn't, like, he goes to the quantum realm, but he's not, he didn't harness the quantum realm. That's in the second movie. Uh, so right. you might want to cut that one out. And you can okay, save no, that I'm, for when we okay, do ant no, Just for my own stupidity. That, no. let's, continue, let's continue. I believe these next two that I have should be. Sorry. I mean, correct real. me if I'm wrong, Andrew. I'm pretty sure that's just the second one. I, I think it's the second one. You're talking, okay. you're talking the quantum tunnel, like before he goes in, like all that tech, that's the second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he just goes subatomic in this. Right. Exactly. So, so. okay. Well, right. Michael Douglas took the role as Hank Pam to impress his kids. <laughs> I saw that. I really liked that. And it like every, every little nugget makes me think of my dad because of obviously what uh -huh. I've said. Um, so I think that's really funny, but I had some stuff in there to piggyback off that. And then I'll let you finish. But basically like, I guess, like you said, um, he took this film in order to impress his kids. Let's see. Um, whereas Paul Rudd actually signed on to play Scott Lang and his nine-year-old son said, Wow, I can't wait to see how stupid that superhero movie will be. <laughs> so, like, his son was not impressed, and he's in the titular character role, whereas Michael Douglas did it to, like, impress his kids. I just thought that was really great. <laughs> That's also the age difference. You know, Michael Douglas is a pretty well-known mm -hmm. actor, and right. Paul Rudd has been around for a little bit, but obviously not as Forever. Not as... A long time, though, too. And yeah. the other thing about Michael's uh, cinemography is, you know, he's mostly been in like R-rated films and like a lot of like guns and guns blazing kind of films. So <laughs> it, they were movies that, you know, when his kids were younger, they couldn't really appreciate. So now he finally got to do a movie that they could be excited about and like that he was really cool in. <laughs> so different. Andrew, do you have any in case I steal one of yours again? Um, I, yeah, I just have the two. Um, Paul Rudd actually got in such great shape that they had to alter his suit. So yet another Marvel character going above and beyond. Good job. Yeah, his abs. I was like, dang, he can get it. Yeah, he was he was pretty cut. And I'm sure Hope agreed. Um, and then uh, the Falcon was originally not supposed to be in this story, but they uh, they added him as like, toward the end. I like that he was in the story. I thought that, was, oh, for that sure. scene was great. It was cool how they it kind of like tied it in that it's a reminder that this is a Marvel movie and that this actually is in the timeline. Well, it's, it, it ties in, especially at the end to the next movie, civil war. Um, Cause mm. you know, Luis's story at the end when it takes like 20 minutes, like all of his stories do, <laughs> that's how Sam recruited him for civil war. So that was pretty cool. 
Can you guys guess what other two restaurants were considered in place of the Baskin Robbins restaurant in, in the in the beginning? Mm. Subway. No. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. No. Andrew's favorite Applebee's. <laughs> Actually, eh, or yeah. Chili's. <laughs> yeah. All right, you got them. You got them both. So, <laughs> one one of them we don't have down here, I don't think. But Chipotle, which I know we 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 have down here. Yeah. I was about and, to say, and yeah, but I, I I had that for lunch. Oh. And mm. uh, Jam- and Jamba Juice. Yeah, Jamba Juice. We have that at USF. They don't have a lot of them here, but they do have them in Florida. It's a, sm- just a, it's a just smoothie like place. A campus, like a college campus kind of thing? No. I've they never have seen them it. in California. They have them all over. It's a but smoothie I, I place. They're It's good. I think they, really they would have, if they would have chosen that, it's because they have a lot of them in California. Yeah. You know, makes, anytime makes I was sense. hungover, which mom and dad was not a lot during college which was, ever, which was what? Never. Um, hangover cure for me is a smoothie. So that was a <laughs> that was a staple in my in my USF days. Um, I had a couple. Um, I speaking of Baskin Robbins, I had to point out an Easter egg when I was watching this with Alex this weekend. Um, do you guys know the Easter egg behind the Baskin Robbins logo? The 31 flavors? Yeah. That they have, have you ever, 31 delicious flavors? Yeah. Have you ever seen that in the logo, Wyatt? Do you know what I'm talking what we're talking about? No. It's actually so, in the words. Yeah. So it says Baskin Robbins. And then in the middle it says BR, like Baskin Robbins, but the B has a three and the R has a one. So the end of the B and the start of the R look like the number 31. And it stands for that they have 31 flavors of ice cream. I'm and, looking this up. and Alex was like, you literally paused the movie to tell me this. Like, this has nothing to do with the movie. Shut up. Watch the movie. <laughs> oh, there it, it is. It was really funny. I used to um, call it Baskin 31 Robbins. Right, exactly. <laughs> wow, you you can't not see the 31. Once I know, right? Mm-hmm. Now that you know it. So now you're going to be that person the next time you watch it and pause it and be like, Laura, Laura, did you know? And she's probably going to be like, of course. Of course, of course I know. I, I know right, everything I'm about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, obviously, this film is set in 1989, and so funny enough, in the late 1980s, before superheroes oh, were, I know where you're a, going with a this. multi-billion-dollar thing. Stanley was actually trying to get the Ant-Man film made back then, and uh, apparently, he had pitched this idea to a company called New World Entertainment which was actually the parent company of Marvel Comics. And ironically enough, Walt Disney, later to become parent company of Marvel some three decades later, was working on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I Shrunk the Kids, yes. Yes, and Ant-Man was deemed too similar. And I definitely felt like a lot of the vibes very similar there. Obviously, like, you know, if you've ever seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or, you know, the sequels that came from it. Honey, um, we shrunk ourselves. Right, exactly. that he literally shrinks down in the lawn and he's with the ants, but they're like huge compared to him. He's not the size of an ant, right? They're even bigger um, from what I remember, right? So yeah, I definitely could see where that would be like, uh, this is the same quote unquote movie for kids. Um, although, you know, this one was definitely more superhero driven and superpowers and, you know, science. But at the same time, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was also about you know, sci-fi science. So, um, and do you guys remember at Disney world, they used to have an area where you could walk around like a small, like shrunk person in Hollywood studios, right? Yeah. It was in Hollywood no. studios. It was they close to a, the Muppet show. Yeah. They had a play. It was like a playground. Um, and, um, Alex and I were talking about that too. And he was like, Oh, I forgot about it. He was like, Oh yeah, I remember now. That must've been way before I moved or before I even went for the first time. Yeah. I no. want to say it was, yeah. uh, well, it was probably they, like they the had early nineties, like late nineties at the latest. They, and they, then got I think they got rid, rid of, of it, it in like, uh, it was probably right around when you moved, but I think it was there till like 2016. It's like not something we would have ever looked at to do so you know what's I funny think, is, that, is that adam is probably screaming at his at his radio right now be like no it was probably. there until this date 
He probably knows the exact month and the and the day. Um, if you haven't heard our friend uh, Adam's podcast, he uh, he's a Disney and uh, Universal specialist, so he knows all the stuff, all the history and all that. It closed in 2010. It closed in 2010. Honey, I shrunk the audience at Disney World. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know about that. That I doesn't seem right. Movie. Movie adventure set 2016. There you this go. This doesn't sound right. That, that sounds, sounds better. That's crazy. I feel like, well, I guess it it paved the way for uh Star Wars expansion, is what this article is saying. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel right to me. That's crazy. But if but it, it feels right though. It doesn't because it, it feels feel like right. it closed in my childhood, not just like five years ago. But then it opened up your adulthood into Star it Wars. It did, it did for sure, but <laughs> You know what I'm saying. Anyway. The passing of a torch. Oh, my gosh. One more I had, another Disney-related. Um, did you guys catch the Easter egg of uh, what Luis was whistling when he said, no whistling? It's a small world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, like, very ironic and cute, and I hadn't noticed that. And Alex was like, write that down in your notes. It's a small world. That so was the I first know- <laughs> ride I was dragged on. And when I fir- my first Disney World ride was it's a small world i got You're dragged kidding. on it's a it's a rite of passage no so first one every every other year in my high school in new york we would take band trips and we would play as a concert band down at disney mm-hmm. um so like i got drugged by the seniors i was a sophomore at the time or a freshman and i got drugged on that ride they're like no you have to ride this ride first there's no other way so like lies. Said, it's, they lied to you. <laughs> I'm like, there's so many better rides. We're literally passing the Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain. Like, we can't do any of these first. Like, no, it's a small world. Like, yep. Thanks. Guess what? I'm beelining towards in Disneyland. Definitely that ride. Not gonna lie. For real? You're gonna it's be whistling. Totally. It. It's totally different. It's like it starts outdoors and you're gonna in a be boat in your head outside. Oh the yeah. The entire week sure. you're there. Oh yeah, I bet. I didn't know it was different over there. It's like way different. It's huge. Like that it's like outside and then you go in like a little tunnel. I'm excited. It's going to be very interesting. All right. Moving on to our next category of what if, um, I definitely wrote down a lot of questions for this one. How do you get so many questions? I struggle. Let me say that and then say, but I feel like they're all garbage. <laughs> like sometimes I have my, my good weeks. And then this week it was just like, oh man, I'm halfway through the movie. and I don't have any. This movie was um, definitely harder to find one in my opinion. Yeah. The one that stood out to me and I don't want this to sound wrong, but I think the reason this stood out to me was because I, you know, obviously said Hank really reminds me of my dad. And this movie is very much a father-daughter movie between Hank and Hope Hope. and obviously Scott and Cassie. Um, But my thought was if Hank had a son instead of a daughter, do you think he would have felt the same about her not putting on the Ant-Man suit, right? So if he had a son instead of a daughter, do you think he would have been okay with his progeny taking up the torch were it a man or do you think he was just being protective as a parent in general and not maybe biased because he had a daughter instead of a son? I think the son would have found a way into it. Even if daddy said no, because that's what boys tend to do. Yeah. Um, But as far as like playing, like not, not favoritism, but you know, gender bias, you know, boy versus a girl. I don't think so because the thought because the reason why he didn't train hope is because of his wife. So and I think that memory still lives in within him. Obviously he flips, well doesn't flip, but he changes his mind at the very end of the movie. But I don't think <clears throat> I don't think Hank would have showed the son the suit. I think the son would have found it himself and then be like, Oh, hey dad, what's this? Right. And it's like, oh crap. You know, now exactly. Now I have to explain myself. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of had a similar thought. Um, And I think what's cool about the fact that we have this category in our podcast is we're now like with the TV show, what if getting to see like how literally one thing in the timeline being different creates those branches, right? That the Mm -hmm. TVA comes to stamp out. 
Um, like the episode this week, it's not a spoiler because it's the title is what if T'Challa was Star-Lord. And I just watched that um, tonight and I was like, oh my gosh, it changed everything. It was crazy. Right. So it's just even that idea of what if it was, what if hope was maybe a different <laughs> name, <laughs> maybe not hope for your son. And um, I, I, to I totally agree with what you're saying though, Wyatt. I think he was being protective as a parent and less right. of a dad to a daughter versus a dad to a son. It's just something interesting to think about. The only caveat I would think to that is because he lost his wife and obviously his wife is a female, right? you know, losing two females in his life, the, you know, that's the only caveat I could think of, but in, in general, like 99%, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. It's mostly a parent thing, right? but it, I think it could have potentially, again, just been a slightly different conversation. Right. Parent yeah. to the kid. And but. I think especially the reason he got Scott involved too is almost like he's an outside person. He's expendable. Mm -hmm. So if he, if he fails, like there's not a, as much at stake, he's a criminal quote unquote, like he can find another one off the street. And obviously you had to be the right person he had to go through the tests and he had to go through the training but um he was expendable versus you know hope is you know his life it's it's his life mine was so what if they failed to stop um the sale to hydra and it went through and hydra got away with you know the technology to you know create all of those suits and they actually had to call the avengers Ooh, like oh. back in the day no like because like the, the like they were selling it to like cross was selling his technology to hydra that that oh, dude right, that right. that dude that hank pym punched in the 80s yeah the broken and now nose today, guy. he's he's a hydra guy he was a shield right, right, right. defense person but he was undercover hydra so what if in the movie they did not succeed at stopping darren cross he sold the tech to hydra and hydra was like able to come back because they have all these, you know, suit these yellow jacket suits, and they had to call the Avengers, which they were against, which Hank was against doing mm. in the first place. Please tell me why I'm thinking of like Thor at like a a uh, um an arcade with like the the whack a mole, but mm -hmm. he's whacking like the yellow, yellow jackets, jackets instead with, <laughs> with a hammer. <laughs> but it's with his his hammer. Oh my god, that's or so he cute. could call the lightning down. He could just fry all the suits in in like a mile radius. Probably that'd be cool. That's a really interesting question. Because um, if yeah. they know what they're doing, they can get inside even like you saw him getting inside Falcon suit and in the next movie he gets inside Thor suit. So just one of them who halfway knows what he's doing. Yeah, but I feel like you, the, you just said it. If they know what they're doing. Right. I, I mean, but Scott's gonna like say. smart, but he's also like an idiot smart. So but he also, only half knows what he's doing. Like to Wyatt's point, like they don't, like the suits are powered by people. They have to get someone to wear it and shrink and like go through training and all of that. Train. So it's not mm -hmm. going to happen overnight. So it's almost like while the rest of the suits are being produced, like that, that probably would have been a better sequel than what we got <laughs> for <laughs> Ant-Man 2 of like Ant-Man and the Wasp, like teaming up to like stop the suits being produced and like somehow figure out a way to like disable like you know it's like the clone wars like, as funny as the second movie the droids, was the plot like, was like eh, yeah yeah it, it's like not even really memorable but yeah that that's funny because i feel like that would definitely be you know a, a good segue into a sequel of like how do they stop that because like you said once they're in like they they're not really uh gonna have a fair fight there so that's an interesting thought too Okay, mine. <laughs> so when we literally just started talking about this what if, I thought of a great one, but then Alyssa literally just said it. Oh, no. So the one that I wrote. <laughs> Maybe I is, am just too good at this category for my own you, good. You always have a list of these questions. I do. I, I have like four more on here. I, I just need to start writing them out as I'm watching the movie. I wait until I sit down and do my notes to you know, post movie. I shouldn't, I need to start doing this before or during rather. So what if hope was actually secretly working with Darren cross? 
Ooh, that's actually good. Oh, look at Andrew's face. That would change the movie. That and would change then, everything. And this then, could change the war. Sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then sub question of that. What if she was actually trying to get to Yellow Jacket first to use against both Darren, Scott, and her father? Oh, hmm. why would she so do that? So she's the secret bad guy. So What's she's the like, motivation? So she's, she's Kira, like from Solo. She's yes. the secret bad guy. <laughs> Interesting. I, I would. The only thing I could think of that would be her motivation, because like it wouldn't be money. It would be well, like to save Hydra. her mom. Well, basically, what if what if she was secretly Hydra? Oh, we're going oh. to steal the moon. Pause for dramatic effect. I just Come feel on. like I just feel like there's no reason. Like, why would she want to do that? Like, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. they'd have to like brainwash her for her to work for Hydra. In in my opinion, again, the only thing I could think of is if she wanted to like screw everybody over, take the suit to rescue her mom. Mm. That would be what I would think of. Um, yeah. And what if she did that? Okay. So what if she was secretly working for Darren at least a little bit? Sheesh, that makes sense. We wouldn't like her because she'd be more okay with the sheep, the, you know, that died, <laughs> which I was oh, not yeah. okay with. I forgot oh. about that. I was like, somebody shoot Darren in the face. This was uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Um, so what if she was working for them? It it would be, they would have more dramatic, more of a dramatic scene when he, when Scott got caught, you know, trying to steal the yellow jacket because it would be like, oh, you know, she betrayed us. You, Hank. you, you, you. I wouldn't be too, too far of a stretch. She did push her own dad out of his own company. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. So I don't know. That would be really interesting. It would change everything. Did she push him out or like she's is it a, the, she was the deciding. Hold on, hold on. hear me okay. out though. Did she push him out or was it something that he manipulated because Scott was like, but I robbed you. And Hank was like, because I let you. It's like, I push you out of your company because I let you. It, uh-huh. It's funny, know. but no, I don't I think don't so. <laughs> I let he was you. sour. He was sour grapes about it. I don't, I don't know that he let her. <laughs> He could pretend that he let her, but I don't know. They could have been in cahoots and they never revealed it in the plot of the movie. It's possible. And I feel like it would have been a better villain than, than Darren was. Darren yeah, was more he like wasn't the, he wasn't a villain. He was just a douchebag. A bad he guy. was just a yeah. bad person <laughs> who was okay to selling to terrorists. My favorite but... word, Wyatt. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I forgot. You're you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, no, but for but for, <laughs> for real though, he's not a good villain at all. No, he reminded me of uh, like ninety percent of the villains we've gotten in the MCU, like Thunderbolt My... Ross. Like he's not really a villain; he's just misguided, and you're just like, "Oh, you're not evil; you're just mean." Like or like Justin Hammer, you know, yes! being the, the rich guy who works yes! with the bad guy kind of thing. Yes, it's like he's not evil, but he's not good Every either villain is lemons he's a that's that's business man. right exactly Every he's, he's the businessman who doesn't mind if people get hurt if he becomes yeah. rich he's motivated by money well surprising that one <laughs> all righty moving on to our next topic of best and worst so um i liked this movie I like this movie a lot. I like its sequel. I don't think the plot's especially great in the sequel, but I still love the sequel. This movie has some of the best humor in the entire MCU. It just really? does. And in my not so humble opinion and some okay. of the internets, yeah. Um, Luis, it has a lot to do with that. Correct. So in high school and my first couple of years of college, my and even in for some of middle school uh, when I moved here, my best friend um, told stories like Luis. That's how he talked. <laughs> so like, yeah, those ridiculously long hysterical stories. I got those two, three times a day. So, you know, by the time this movie came out, I hadn't seen my friend in a few years. And I was like, when did you get into Hollywood? Because he's <laughs> right. also, uh, he's Puerto Rican. So he's, you know, Latino. So I was like, dude dito why, why didn't you tell me you were in the movie <laughs> it's so, the cheese may okay that's this is like the hispanic culture i'm just gonna let you guys know do you know what the word cheese may means no no it's like what's the tea like what's the drama like what's the story right the, like tell me 
tell me the rumors, the gossip, right? Mm-hmm. It's the gossip. Oh, he's there. He's absolutely there. So that's very like big in the Hispanic culture, um, regardless if you're Puerto Rican or Mexican or whatever. And um, when you're like always wanting to spread it, you're a chismosa. You're spreading it. You're uh, spreading the rumors. And you gotta, you gotta be good at spreading <laughs> those rumors. So you gotta paint all the details. Right. But you could see you. how it went from person to person to person. And it was oh, like yeah. all in his community and his circle. And I, I yeah. love how like he he's the voice behind it, but like the mouth is, is it's dubbed. Yeah. yeah. The it's girls, dubbed. the guys, so funny. <laughs> The, um, the bartender Stanley. Stanley, yeah. Oh yeah, super hot. <laughs> yeah, right. It was. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, stu- crazy, stupid, fine. That was it. Right, crazy, right. stupid, stupid, fine. fine. Right. Um, and then his, you know, his other two friends uh, were funny as well. Um, I liked how much he cared about his daughter. Also, Cassie, super adorable. You know, cutest little kid on the planet, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. So I, I mean. <laughs> you know, the, I like the the technology. I I think the technology in this movie is cool. Obviously, you know, sci-fi science again, flawed, full of holes. Doesn't However, make sense. still cool, still super cool. So so yeah, we're um we're going with, and I like the the heartfelt moments um that they that they get to parallel. So that's the best for me. Yeah, I I agree with Andrew on on all of those. My <clears throat> my only addition is. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? I mean, well, you say that, but a lot of people could ask who doesn't like Chris Pratt. So I'm just me. glad you're with us on Paul Rudd. We know that. Me. He said it. I'm clapping. <laughs> he went there. I agree Thank with you. you. Who doesn't Andrew. love Paul Rudd? Who doesn't love Chris Pratt? Exactly. That's Get not what I said, but okay. <laughs> Get out of here. That was literally my only addition best to everything Andrew just oh, said. Well, I had a long list, um, but a lot of what I wrote is agreeing with Andrew, um, especially the lip dubbing. I thought that was great that they did do it <laughs> twice. And then we got the Spider-Man mention and I was like, oh my God, guys, Spider-Man is coming. So oh, was- I'm sorry. I had one more. One of Please. my favorite YouTubers <laughs> is on, and that was the, the Asian oh, girl who right. was saying that. Anna, I forget how to say her last name, but anyway, that was like, <gasps> I did That's not right. know that you when said this that came in out. the chat and I didn't like, know who it was. At like midnight, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you guys were sleeping. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's called Do Not Disturb. Just turn it on. Um, I put the casting. I thought, you know, obviously Michael Douglas, really great. Um, I love T.I. and that his name was Dave. <laughs> he's like yeah what up i'm dave (laughs) like i don't know i just that sent me that sent me um i didn't realize that was ti until i looked up the imdb cast i'm like oh "Hmm." you didn't know that was ti i i don't watch music videos i listen to to the music but i don't watch them so good um the cti was actually pretty good at certain Mm -hmm. moments especially Mm -hmm. young hank i was like wow this is good like it was really good. They did. It was a before great job. Star Wars started doing it too. Right, basically. exactly. Um, very visually stunning. Like I feel like you know, again with the CGI, they did a really good job with like the shrinking and the training sequences. Um, it was just a very clever movie because the action wasn't like you know Age of Ultron by any means. You know, mm. it wasn't at that level or Winter Soldier, mm. um, but it was clever, right? So like. The idea of like one of the guys shooting a bullet and it makes a bullet hole in the glass and he shrinks and goes through the hole. Like Mm. that was so smart to me and just so clever and interesting. Sharp, absolutely. And just made it like, wow, you're trying to keep up because they're so little. So they're moving so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was very just clever. Um, And young Paul Rudd, I'm like, was that photo yesterday? What was that photo from friends like the whole joke right is it from clueless like it's like not even five minutes old so yeah i totally agree with uh, or parks and rec i said yeah true bobby he tells everyone to to vote for leslie nope he's like oh wait i'm running too (laughs) right bobby newport righty so gonna move on to the worst here um darren cross you're a jerk um killing sheep never never gonna forgive you for that um but <laughs> you're dead you step so on a lego yeah <laughs> i'm glad you got run over by thomas the tank engine 
um, which kind of <laughs> reminded me of uh, Night at the Museum a little bit. Yeah. When they first strap him down. Uh, split his head like a watermelon and it just oh gets him in the cheek gosh. and he goes oh. oh my gosh i totally forgot and then like that the train so he's like oh, and then the train just falls off yes oh wow <laughs> it was such, i like, can't believe i forgot all about that scene it was I need big to watch stakes that but little stuff yeah now i gotta watch that movie too oh um, my gosh i wonder if it's on disney plus they i didn't like that like they said it but they really didn't go into detail and then they kind of ignored it when they so they basically established that he was more like a Robin Hood kind of thief because he he got fired from whistleblowing at his company because they were stealing from people. He later went back in, stole the money and gave it back. So then like 40 seconds later, when they're trying to convince him to steal from Hank Pym, they're like, oh, this guy fits your MO. I'm like, did Hank Pym rob a bunch of average Americans? Like that doesn't actually fit your MO. This is some retired guy who, yes, is living off of his millions, but it was from a company he established. So it was just like they they kind they said it and then just let it go. So it, and they like didn't really stick with it. So I didn't I didn't like the inconsistency on that. Um, I would have liked more action in this movie, but like you said, how clever it was kind of made up for the lack of it. My worst was actually one of Alyssa's. Um behind the scenes is I didn't like how close this was to honey. I shrunk the kids. I mean, that's fair. Honey, I shrunk the kids is definitely a staple. Mm -hmm. And, but like, you can't do another movie about shrinking without referring to that movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the plot Um, is completely different, but yeah, I mean, thousand percent, but like shrinking and you're dealing with insects like oh no for sure yeah no exactly but it's also like that's probably the best way to visually show your your, how small you are right because everybody can visualize what an ant looks like and how teeny tiny they are versus you know anything else you show a blade of grass then it would have paid better homage if they were allowed to make a reference so they may not have been allowed to absolutely well if it was disney why wouldn't they? I don't know. Did, yeah, that's did a good Disney point. own when this came out in 2014? Uh 15, but it was filmed in 20. I think they acquired it in 2012. Disney acquired okay. um Marvel, I believe, in 2012. I'm not 100% about that though. And then they um, got Star Wars shortly after, I think. Yeah, shortly very shortly after. They spent a lot of money in those couple of years. So it was like eight yeah, billion dollars. <laughs> There's a lot on the internet about this. 30 reasons why Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and Ant-Man are the same movie. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is an Ant-Man prequel. (laughs) There's a lot on the internets here. (laughs) Um, I wasn't a terrible fan of the plot. It was easy to get distracted by stuff that was going on that I was doing here at home. And yet when I refocused back on the movie, I didn't miss anything. Yeah, there wasn't a huge plot. There weren't a lot of parts to it. It was pretty straightforward. I agree. Um, My final one, and this is just a pet peeve and kind of me just being picky with actors. I don't like them using John Slattery for Howard Stark in the very beginning of this movie. Now, I know they use him in Endgame when when Tony goes back in time to to the army base and talk to his dad. So it's it's the same actor. So they they kept Oh, right, right. But the actor, I'm not sure if you guys ever watched Mad Men. I he, no. He's the one. One. He's not the owner, but he's one of the senior managers of the company. Very much a, um, basically a man whore, you know, and wearing a, wearing a fancy suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Howard Stark before he got <laughs> but, married. But was was Howard that way? Uh, before he got married, it was they. So you didn't see uh, Agent Carter, the show. Um, it was like a season or two. Um, so as as Steve says, um, I only knew Howard when he was young and single. He was a little bit that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of hinted to it as when he flirted with Agent Carter in the first Captain America movie. He may not be to the extent that his character was in, uh, what did you say, Mad Men? Yeah. Um, but he was supposed to be a little bit that way before he got married. Yeah. 
I know, like my generally when you see different actors play different roles in large fandoms, mm-hmm. you typically hope they change like their appearance or their voice structure or something like that. He, he's literally the same in each movie. I think they and had each, to make him look TV similar show. to because I don't think it was him in Iron Man two when uh, he filmed himself in like the 70s with the Stark Expo, you know, my greatest creation is you, Tony. I don't think it was that actor, but I think they had to make him look similar. Uh, In general, I absolutely agree with you, but I don't remember who it was um, in Iron Man 2. It it is the same actor. It is? Okay. It is, yeah. I don't know when Mad Men came out, um, so I don't know if if Iron Man 2 was before or after that, but... um, Oh, no, that's why. So in, in Iron Man 1, when they're showing pictures of the passing of a Titan, so he kind of, whoever the actor was playing him in the picture of him in 2001 kind of looked like that, or to, to 2008 kind of looked like that, and then they cast um, Slattery um, after that to make him look like that. So I agree with you, but um, I, I would go for just the appearance sake. That's probably why they did it. Yeah, so. maybe. I mean, he had similar mannerisms to what his character on Mad Men was. And Mad Men came out in 07 before Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I I agree with Andrew. I liked this movie. Wasn't I, It's not like I'm going to watch it again on purpose. It's not. <laughs> oh, it's I will. Not, but <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. Well, like, I'm not going to be flicking through all 27 movies to be like, oh, Ant-Man, let's go. No. There's so many other better ones. I mean, yeah, like Guardians yes. of the Galaxy, right? Like, like oh, no. Gosh. So I would, I wouldn't watch this movie every week, but I definitely watch it at least once or twice a year, personally. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, me. I won't, I won't complain if someone else has it on and like say like I'm coming over, Andrew, and like. And you have it on. I'm not gonna. Oh, you're damn it. right. I'm gonna make sure it's on. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, for mine, I said the CGI was the best for young Hank. I think it was the worst for old Peggy Carter. I don't know why they just can't get her look right. I just didn't like it. And like her voice still sounds too young to me. Like it Mm -hmm. just, something was off. Wasn't a fan of that. It was Um, a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. I agree with you about Dr. Cross, not evil enough. Um, he was, you know, definitely an SOB, but not 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 really a bad guy just mean um some of the casting wasn't great like the stepdad and the mom uh maggie i was just like oh i like them better in the next movie for sure yeah this movie i was just like "Mm, not really a fan um and then the last thing i have to say criminals who dress like criminals trope in movies like oh yeah i'm gonna break into this house let me wear a black hoodie and zip it up and put the hood over my head and wear gloves and sneak sneaky sneaky sneak around the place (laughs) you look like you're robbing a house if you're robbing a place don't dress like a robber okay like you know what i mean he looked like he was robbing the place what what should he have dressed in i don't i don't have a high visibility jacket a hard hat boots some other disguise where, you know, he like they did later, like they were the cable repairmen. You know what I mean? Like that was believable. Maybe he should dress Back in classic up. Rat Pack next time. Rat pack. <laughs> nice, like nice, perfect he suit. Like mad, mad men. No, but you know what I'm saying? He was. Like, I know. I know. I'm, I'm giving you a hard like time. Like he just yes, needed he, the burglar mask. He looks he, like a cat burglar. So he literally hard. would look right. Exactly. Hey, you know and, what? Sometimes <laughs> you need the outfit to give you the confidence. And he's like, you know what? This is my lucky cat burglar costume. And then people are just like, didn't you get arrested? So how lucky was it really? So, but that, you have a very good point. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, this is such a movie thing. Like it is. I don't think I've ever seen a video of someone burgling a place right? Because there's a difference, burgling versus robbery, mm-hmm. <laughs> where um, <laughs> where uh, they are dressed in that typical Halloween costume looking. They'll have ham- a hood. Usually, hamburglar. The hamburglar. Oh, the hamburglar. Right, exactly. Cool. Moving on to our final topic of alter ego. This was easy. I knew right away who was who. Um, it's funny, Andrew, that you say how much your buddy reminds you of Lewis. You are Lewis. Luis. 
That's who I had for him as well. <laughs> you, well I got some you, good news for you guys when it's my turn. <laughs> you, you literally tell stories just like how he does sometimes. And I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alyssa, I put you as Hank. Oh, interesting. Um, just watching this, just watching this <laughs> movie. Why do you laugh? Because I have you as Hank. Oh my! Here we go again. And I have um, your your dad as Hank, so we're good. All right, <laughs> boom! Look at that. Um, you know Hank. Kind of like I said in previous pods. You know, Hank's smart. You're smart. He he definitely he definitely is, is like Aaron Burr a little bit. Like he kind of hides it a lot. It doesn't really show unless it's needed to be showed. So he won't show his cards right away. Um, like the Burr reference. Yeah, I, I thought I, I knew you would like that. Andrew, what's that reference from? What? Aaron Burr. <laughs> Pardon oh, me. Oh, Are the, you Aaron um, Burr, sir? Yeah. The epic rap battles, right? You still haven't watched it? I watched it. A, that came out a while ago, right? No, it's from Hamilton. Oh, oh, Hamilton. No, I haven't watched that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I listened to like five of the songs with Wyatt and the probably That's the same not five There's with my like brother. 40 on 42. the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say I know who Aaron Burr is, but you know, from history. <laughs> so um well good and- for good for you that uh Wyatt and I could just go ahead and start and perform the entire show for you right now. Wyatt, would Pretty you much. like to take it away? <laughs> start from the beginning. You better not miss <laughs> <laughs> how does a bastard exactly anyway, um myself throwing away my shot that's, that's the next song um i put myself as a scott um scott scott's goofy i'm goofy i get some good one-liners in there every every once in a while it's rare um he's got some some good one-liners um i know i feel like i'm slowly turning into paul rudd I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's so far, we're two aging. for two. <laughs> so that's who I had for everybody. I'll go since I already said mine, and I'd like to give arguments as to why I said them, because I have <laughs> way more notes than just Andrew telling stories. Um, so yeah, Andrew, I had you as Luis, always telling us stories of things going on in your day-to-day life, and you never let it phase you, always smiling. Like, when Luis said that his girlfriend broke up with him, his mom died, his father was deported, but he still had a, a van. I got the van. <laughs> I got the van. <laughs> I feel like that would be very Andrew. Baskin Robbins always finds out. Sounds like Publix to mm. me. Like Publix always finds out. Well, we're, I always say we're shopping is a pleasure every time someone's like, you worked for Publix? <laughs> right. I feel like you would be like that. Um, mm. Would wear any costume or assume any role to help a friend. And I would listen. Um, Right. And the only not plausible thing, stealing two smoothie machines um, because you are allergic to a lot of fruit. <laughs> so, I mean, I could no steal use. them and sell them. I couldn't steal right, them for there myself. There it is. There's the, there it is. And I think you would definitely feel really proud to like be the person that made the connection for your bestie and Falcon. Mm, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're friends because of me. I'd be a great Because of man. the cheese may. Right. Um, yeah. I know what that means now. I do. Yes, and I'm very gossip, happy. The gossip. Um, so Wyatt, I like I said, had you as Hank Pym. Um, the internet describes <laughs> Hank Pym as brilliant but closed off. <laughs> wow. So I thought okay. that was funny. Well, all well right, you can here. be reserved at times. So that I think was. I like reserved better than closed off. Well, yeah, you play yeah, things I close to the said, vest is not listen, quite closed off. I just said that's how the internet describes him. Uh, devoted to his wife, even after all this time, would still be working as a public servant after retiring as a superhero, training his replacement like you train people at work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank, Hank can be stubborn and temperamental, but deep down, he has a caring heart and devotion to the greater good. He knows that the pin particles that he created can be used for terrible things. So he feels that it's his responsibility to stop the technology from falling into the wrong hands. Remind you of anyone? Sounds like Tony Stark to me. So I don't know. There's many connections to be made there. I like it. Um, For myself, I definitely identify, like I said, with Hope or Cassie, definitely because of the strong father-daughter bonds. Um, They're both very 
um, strong feeling people, very empathetic. Like, um, you know, Cassie says, are you looking for my dad? And the stepdad says, yep. And she says, hope you don't catch him. <laughs> um, that was cute. And I feel like that would be me in that case. And we saw hope cry 1400 times in this movie. And I watched what if today and I cried at the credits. If you don't shed a tear, you're not a human being. I'm standing by my statement. Watch the credits. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, always wanting to help people, especially when it's your dad definitely sounds like me. Alrighty. For mine, I got, um, Alyssa, I put as hope, um, because Hope felt that she could uh, do it herself and she probably freaking could have. Um, so, and that's, that's Alyssa. She figures she could probably do it herself. And to be quite honest, she probably freaking can. Um, if, if she was training me uh, how to fight, she would not take it easy on me. You would absolutely <laughs> not take it. You're like, okay. I'd be like, okay, how would you throw a punch? And you would miss my hand and hit me in the face. Were you aiming <laughs> for my hand? Right, right. That was um, a good one. And then for Wyatt, I also had um, Scott Lang. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you're low key turning into Paul Rudd too. <laughs> Since you said that, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, kind of, like, I don't know. You could pull off his haircut for sure, and yeah. your facial hair is way closer to his than mine is. So definitely gonna, definitely gonna give you that one. Um, you know, he's he's devoted to his family. Um, doing everything he can to try and get back out there and be able to provide for them. And that's, if you were in his shoes, you'd be, you know, definitely that would be your number one goal. Um, and then I also had myself for, for Luis. So ah, for all wow, of the three reasons. Three for three. Above. Yeah, not Go bad. us. Man, you guys have some weird goodbye rituals in here. Just like us, as we're having to say goodbye to, uh, to you guys for this podcast, as it comes to a close. Um, we definitely had fun doing this podcast, I feel like may not be Wyatt's favorite movie or apparently maybe not even in the top half but I like I liked it I just wouldn't watch it intentionally there's a difference no not really there's a clear difference some people are in present danger Um, (laughs) right okay if he likes it he likes it I'm not gonna if Mikey likes it he likes it I'm not gonna give my crap (laughs) sorry I had to um alrighty so don't forget um next week is our ask the avengers podcast where we answer all the questions that you guys sent us um and also this is the end of our um phase two for the marvel um for the marvel movies so tune in later for the beginning of phase three and we'll see you guys next time thanks for tuning in to this week's episode in the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio signing off.